Hello. Welcome to a very special episode of Outlaw Radio. Tonight, we are talking about the rapture. We'll be discussing this topic as if the rapture has already happened. The world has come to its, its inevitable end. It's funny how serious end. you are right now. Like, you're That's really what we serious. Really, oh, my gosh. I hate you. You're really serious I really right need now. a mute button for you. Do you, you know s- that? No, continue. That's I just, the whole point. We did the whole... Just okay. continue. Go for it. We were discussing the topic of the rapture as if it See, has already happened. a little peppier. The world has come to its inev- inevitable end, and we are discussing what to do if you find yourself in that situation. We know the rapture is imminent, and it could happen... During this live stream, it could happen tomorrow, or it could not happen for another thousand years. We hope to explain to the new and future believers of the post-rapture world what to expect and what needs to be done. You wrote all now, this down. That yes, was really, really well written. All of this I mean, down. that was. I know. That was well Gosh, written. Gosh dang! It really was. That was that was well written. I am good at this kind of thing. That if was, you don't interject and destroy the thing that I work hard at, I mean, you I mean, said you I didn't mean, want to have jokes the, at this point of the episode. The whole episode is right, going to be you're pretty. On. Oh, it's going to be serious. I want to do it. I can just couldn't. It's going to be serious. It was well written. You did a good job. But like, we needed a little a little brevity for how serious. Go to Justin so you can come back. Maybe we start it. Think, things Just, are, yeah. Wait, go to Justin and then, and then I know, come back. I know things are really scary right now for you. Well, they, no, no, you know, not it, right now. We haven't started the I episode. Know, but whoever we're talking to after the rapture's happened, That's true. They're things all... are scary. And we wanted to, to bring a little bit of levity to your situation and before we get into serious things. Just be still your heart. Take joy. There's joy in the Lord. So Creighton, so Creighton, uh, uh, we should go ahead and just get this out of the way. Deal Daddy's with us. So Welcome back, Deal Daddy. Now what? Say what? What did you <laughs> say? So you've missed the call. Now what? Right. <laughs> you have been left behind. Now what goes on? Back to you, Creighton. So just very quickly. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so mad. My goodness. That was such a great opening. I poured my heart okay, into well, that. Okay. Think we'll about how mad they are that they missed the rapture. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we'll be quiet. Let's let's do. Just read it again. Just read it again. My goodness. Just read it again. Just not as dramatic as it was, because that that just got me going. That just just read it again. It I'll be quiet. Really good. And then, it'll be good, and then pass it to me. Fine. All right. This is great. This is what I have to deal with. Hopefully, you know whatever. Not right, anymore. Fine. We're in heaven. <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna find a way. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Craig. We'll right. be quiet. We'll be quiet, and then you'll pitch it to me, and then we'll do we'll do this. All right. Welcome to a very special episode of Outlaw Radio. In tonight's episode, we are talking about the rapture, and we will be discussing this topic as if the rapture has already happened. The world has come to its inevitable end, and we are discussing what to do if you find yourself in that situation. We know that the rapture is imminent, and it could happen. During this live stream, it could happen tomorrow. It might not happen for a thousand years. What we hope to explain is to new and future believers of the post-rapture world, what they need to expect and what they need to do moving forward. Here's Zach. Music drop. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I used to pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia, or whatever's left of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church, again, Calvary 316. I would invite you to join us on Sunday morning, but hopefully no one's there. Um, 
if they if they're there, I hope that they know about this podcast and that they can find this video and uh, give their life to Jesus. Uh, I want to start by just saying, um, man, some crazy things have happened for you. Um, I'm not here. Creighton, welcome to the show. Hello. Creighton is, you can put yourself on the screen. Creighton is also uh, in heaven right now. Yes. Creighton's in heaven. Hello. How are things? Good luck. Well, yeah, they're not great. Uh, uh, Spice Daddy's also in heaven. I am. Bo- I'm bothering Creighton. And he's bothering Creighton. He's still doing his thing. Uh, <laughs> I, nice I Spice, like, nice like Spice Daddy shirt, by the way. Thank you think you. That, that'll go to heaven? Or yeah, has that probably, been left behind? Well, my mom got it for me, so it's perfect, <laughs> and then, therefore it will get to heaven. <laughs> and it's probably get to heaven. <laughs> and then we're also joined rocking, rocking the brand. Uh, Deal Daddy Derek, welcome to the show. It's been awesome. I've been hanging out with Solomon. I've been hanging out with Paul, talking to David a little bit, and most importantly, Jesus. So for you, what, what has happened? Like, you, you like, like, what was your experience here? Came out, trumpets blazing, and then all of a sudden, zoop, I'm watching as I go up into the clouds, ascend. He's bringing us all up. People are raising up all at the same time. And then all of a sudden, wow, I'm standing at the feet of the throne at the gates being judged and the Lord's standing right next to me and he's there. He said, nah, he's mine. And God said, cool. And I went in. That's rad. So this is, this is what we're calling. This is officially, no, that was great. D that was great. (laughs) This is officially uh, the last episode of the outlaw radio show (laughs) pre-recorded. So there will not be at, at whatever point you're watching this, there will not be, um, if some things have happened, there will not be another episode um, aside from like next week in real time. But this is for the future. So we're doing an episode for the future. Some some crazy things have happened. Um, let, let me talk about very what da- quickly. What date will this come out then? We don't know what date. <laughs> well, it's going to get released uh, like now. We're live streaming in 2023 um, in September. It is the 27th. I know the date. 27th of September of 2023. But for some people, this might be the first episode they watch and the most important. And there's not another one coming after this if this is the first one you watch. Uh, because some crazy things have happened in your world. And so let's just try to, like, like start with that. Um, so some crazy things have happened. What's happened? Well, um, at some juncture, at what time, I'm not sure. But at some point during the day, instantly... Like without notice, without provocation, like millions of people from around the world, different ethnicities, different cultures, different languages, millions of people just disappeared. Like in an instant, uh, you might have actually found you, you were talking with someone and in a moment they just, they were gone, their clothes, their personal effects, they were all just right there. And the person was gone and it freaked you out. And, and maybe, maybe you were on the road and you were, you're driving to work or driving home from work or, or, or making your commute and craziness just ensued just instantly where cars are just diverging into other lanes, blowing through red lights, stop signs, crashing into all kinds of things. Um, maybe you were in an airplane. There was an emergency the pilot or the co-pilot disappeared. People on the plane disappeared. I mean, across the world, wherever you were at the same time, the same instance, something globally occurred and people, friends, neighbors, family members, 
uh, maybe even your children just disappeared um, without warning, uh, without notice, without explanation. And, and you find yourself right now in a situation where you are freaked out. Like there is probably at least going on just a, there's a global crisis within it. People are trying to figure out what's going on. My guess is that there's, there's the, the economy has been frozen. Um, all the, the, the militaries on the planet are on high alert um, there is more and likely chaos and pandemonium happening in your neighborhood. There's attacks on the power grid. I mean, I mean, people. There and, are and planes the, going down. There's planes crashing, uh, trains derailing. I mean, there is all kinds. Again, the world right now. Um, whenever you're watching this, it's either presently and just total chaos. And, and maybe you can't even get to this. Maybe it takes you some time. Who knows how much of the internet is still operational at the moment? How much of the power grid is substantiated? But at some point, there, there is a little bit of a, of a normalization that occurs, and there has to be an explanation. Why did these millions and millions of people across the world just disappear? And... The media, the mainstream media, will provide you their best explanations. And they could be all over the place. From some type of, of, of science experiment gone wrong, where we were testing out the collision of some type of atoms, some type of portal open, people got sucked through into a di different dimension, there was some scientific mistake, uh, there could be an explanation that uh, there's a precursor to like this alien invasion, that people were um, snatched up. Um, it could be that the bodies actually didn't disappear, but just fell over. And thus, maybe the explanation would be that these millions and millions of people instantly died because of some weird uh, vaccine or some weird uh, disease that was spread, um, some cyber experiment. Um, I don't know what the mainstream media will provide as an explanation. But I will say this, that whatever the explanation is presented by the world, the secular world, um, the Bible explains what happened, and you will not hear this in conventional media. You will not hear this from the establishment media. You will not hear this from uh, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the BBC, the Jerusalem Post. You will not hear this articulated. They would gravitate toward a black hole opening before they tell you that something biblically predicted has occurred. And that is what's known as the rapture of the church. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and, and I'm going to mention some passages of Scripture. And if you're watching this in this craziest time period of, of human history, um, I will say right off the you need to find a Bible. Find a Bible. You probably have one. If not, if your neighbor's gone or you have a friend that's gone, they have one there that's probably filled with notes you should grab. Find a Bible. And I'm going to make some references to some passages you can read on your own. Shoot, I'd start from the beginning and read to the end. Make up your own conclusions. But one of the passages you have to look at is 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16, 17, and 18. <clears throat> and this is the Apostle Paul. And he writes, For the Lord himself speaking of Jesus, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, 
And the dead in Christ will rise first. So those that are already dead will rise first. Then we who are alive, so this living remnant on the earth, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them, those who had previously died, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is often referred to as the second resurrection of the dead, which coincides with this event known as the rapture. Now, if you start flipping through your Bible, trying to find a chapter on the rapture, you're not going to find it. Uh, the word rapture, raptura, comes from this passage where we're told that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured together. So those who are alive will be raptured up together with those who have, who have already died and who have been called up to meet the Lord in the air. This is not the second coming of Jesus. This is another event entirely. Again, this is one passage of Scripture. Uh, you will find references to this event uh, really woven throughout all of Scripture, the rapture of the church. If you have a functional internet, you can, you can, you can type in rapture. Uh, go to EnduringWord.com if it's still up. Uh, find everything you can uh, from Pastor David Guzik. Go to Blue Letter Bible, another website. Find everything that you can. If you want like a, a more extensive, if Calvary316.tv slash revelation of the king is still there if, if if the revelation series watch it all and even then go back to the daniel series you'll have a better understanding of the things that are going on but either way what's happening what's just occurred where millions of people have disappeared this is the rapture of the church that's what that's what's taking place the trumpet of god has sounded i don't know if you heard it or not we're not quite sure from the text Maybe it's further confirmation. I don't know. But the people that disappeared were Christ's followers. And I think you probably subtly even understand that. That the people you know that are not here, there's a commonality amongst them, isn't there? Really good looking. Really good looking. I see what you did there. That these are people, these are people that maybe were even warning. And you thought were crazy. Talking about like a moment when everyone, like when people disappear, that's, that's, that's lunacy. And yet here you find yourself and, and deep within your soul. You're like, whoa, something major just happened. And it's, is it just a coincidence? And it's the very thing that every person who's disappeared was warning me was going to happen. And you know, you, you find yourself in a situation where the, the media, whatever the establishment, whatever the world they're, they're, they're explain It's probably a good explanation. It's probably even a convincing explanation. But deep within you, you understand, no, that doesn't jive. That doesn't fit. I'm being lied to. I'm being manipulated. Something else is happening much deeper. Well, what's happened is the rapture of the church. So I'm not here. Creighton's not here. Derek's not here. Justin's not here. Our audience member, Robert, is not here. Our families aren't here. So who, who gets raptured? Well, it's the genuine followers of Jesus Christ. It's those who have accepted Jesus' work on the cross, placed their faith in that atonement, that have been walking with the Lord. Now, I'll, I will tell you that one of the things that probably convolutes what I'm saying is that there are a lot of Christians still here. In fact, there are probably a lot of prominent Christians still here that are telling you that are part of this propaganda saying that this isn't the rapture. They're, they're going with the party line. Deep down, they know they're lying to you, and you know they're lying. 
You see, there's a group of people that, 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 that Jesus even describes. They say, Lord, Lord, we did all these works in your names. And Jesus says, depart for I didn't know you. See, there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians but aren't actually following Jesus, that aren't actually considered by Jesus to be part of his bride, to be, to be part of the church, apostates. And they're probably that, saying right now, see, I'm still here. Therefore, it couldn't be the rapture. For sure. For sure. And I think that that's going to add to some confusion. It's going to add to the, like, there are notable pastors today that deny the rapture, that deny these things. But they're also denying, like, the essence of Christ and the legitimacy and inerrancy of Scripture. They're denying a lot of the fundamental truth. You, you look at the data about who's, who believes that what the Bible says is real. It's a small number, which is why I think the number of people that have disappeared is much smaller than maybe I would have even thought. And that there's a lot of Christians still here. They probably are post-trib. Mid-trib. They didn't believe in this. And it convolutes it. But deep within you, I want you to think about that friend that warned you. And has been speaking to you. And now they're not here. Is what the media is telling you, does that make sense? Now, I will say, what should happen next? Like, if you're watching this, right? Craziness is ensued. Now, I, I know online, so we're live streaming this, if you're, if you're watching the recorded version. And in our live stream, we have comment sections where people are able to leave feedback. If you're watching, we're not going to get to the comments till after the end of the show. So we're going to have kind of a, a, an after-show episode. So we'll wrap it up, but then we'll get to the questions, everything that comes later. I just don't want to convolute the moment because right now you find yourself in a desperate situation and you don't need comments made by people that aren't even here anymore. So what do you do? You find yourself in a situation, you know, the left behind, you've been left behind. The church is with Jesus. And now you find yourself here. What's next? Now I, I need to let you know, um, that it's really hard to say what immediately follows the rapture. Because as Creighton mentioned in the introduction, the rapture is described in scripture as being imminent, which means that there's nothing predicated upon it. The rapture could happen a hundred years before the great tribulational period takes place that's described in the book of Revelation. I would say that, that it's probably more of a precursor, but there's no way to know for sure. I will say before I get into the events that follow, the most important thing that needs to happen right now is that your soul, you've missed it. You've missed it. Right, right now, know that. You've missed it. The Lord has been speaking to you. Your friends have been speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. You find yourself now moved. You get it. You see it. And you're like, oh, no. That was the rapture. I'm, I'm in big trouble. Yes and no. We're, we're going to get to the actual things that are about to happen. But I need you to know right from the bat that the worst thing that can happen is you die without knowing Jesus and spend eternity, spend eternity separated from him in hell. And that doesn't have to happen. Like death is not the end or the worst. Like right now, with what's happened, this, this big event, you can humble yourself and you can accept Jesus. 
There have been those within church history that have said that after the rapture, it's impossible for anyone to get saved. That's crazy. And that's not even biblical. I think you look at the book of Revelation, the martyrs that happen afterwards, there's an abundance of evidence that there are people that give their life to Jesus. Now, it's a different context. It's a different dispensation. The way that the Holy Spirit works within that, I'm not quite sure the particulars of that, but I do know salvation's possible because we even see those martyred in the tribulational period having a voice in heaven. In heaven. With that, with that being said, if you're on the fence about giving your life to Jesus, Derek, can you just take a moment here and can you speak directly to that person that is in this moment and their life is in total flux and they're feeling like they've, they've missed it? Can you talk to them real quick? He is the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through him. But there is no name under heaven by which man is saved other than the name Christ. So that's it. That's all you need to know. Follow him, seek him, seek his face, and he will reveal himself to you. And in this very moment, you can humble yourself before the throne of God. You can accept Jesus. You can give your life to him, and you can be born again. Your fate is not sealed just because you missed the rapture. That you still have an eternity ahead of you. So that's the first thing. Derek, I appreciate that. If you, if you again, are in this situation, just go to John 3. Just read about this conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. The famous verse, probably a verse that you know where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that promise remains as sure right now as it did yesterday or a few hours before now. So what comes next? Again, speaking to the reality of the imminency of the rapture and its proximity to the Great Tribulation. The big event, the big moment that you need to be looking out for right now is the initiation of what's known as Daniel's 70th week. You can go to Daniel chapter nine. You can read about this. Daniel's 70th week is a final seven year period of time. God's dealings with the church have come to a close. Now he turns his attention back to the Hebrew people. Seven years, the 70th week set aside for God's final handling of the Jewish people. We know from that prophecy that the initiation of the seven-year countdown will take place with a peace accord that will occur between the nation of Israel and really a conglomerate of world powers under the leadership of a singular man that will come to be known as the Antichrist or the son of perdition. Now, he might not be as like that like overt right now, in fact, even between now and then, now this might have occurred before the rapture, it might occur right after the rapture. If you go to Ezekiel 38 and 39, there is a, a battle, a war that takes place between Israel and a group of nations known as Gog and Magog. Now, Gog and Magog, early derivatives, due parallel north, is Russia. Prophetically, at some point, and again, this could be before the rapture or immediately after the rapture, Russia and a coalition of, of Islamic nations try to invade Israel. And they're very successful. In fact, Israel's overwhelmed 
to the point that they would have been overtaken apart from a divine intervention of God, where God intervenes on behalf of Israel and destroys these nations. If that hasn't happened, that's coming. And as I see the prophetic layout, so the rapture's happened. The most Christian nation on the planet, which may be the exception of China, which takes a hit, is the United States of America. Millions of American citizens, government officials, military men have disappeared. And my guess is that America has been weakened to the point that she's very vulnerable to attack. Maybe she's just brought to her own knees because of her hyperinflation and because of the decline of the economy. Maybe a nation doesn't even have to invade for America to go into meltdown. But regardless, America is weakened. America is not included in any of the prophetic references. Just to let you know if you're an American watching this, you should keep that in mind. Things might be bad. They'll get much worse. But at some point, if America is crippled, being Israel's main ally, it leaves her susceptible to attack. So whether it's happened or it's about to, you're going to see this incursion take place, and you're going to even see, now the news won't tell you, but there'll be a divine intervention of God. And what will come as a result of that, amidst all of this chaos and, 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 and some conflict, is this rise of, of a leader to provide some stability. And the first matter of stability is reconciling this war that's happened in the Middle East, providing some peace. There's a peace accord with Israel. And boom, that moment begins a seven-year timeline. Now, the first three and a half years, there's a little debate upon how bad it is or isn't. I do think that there'll be war, there'll be conflict, uh, revelation, the seal judgments seem to say that there's war that leads to famine, that leads to inflation. There's a lot of struggle. And this will culminate into this global leader, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, accumulating to himself more and more power, more and more authority, to the point that at some juncture, it'll be a requirement to, to show allegiance to him. Every person on the planet to show allegiance will have to take what's known as the mark of the beast. The number 666, whether this is a microchip of some kind or some either advanced technology, we don't know. We saw a little precursor to some of this with a digital passport within the context of the coronavirus pandemic, however many years that was in the past. Things have been moving this direction, a digital currency, the control of the, the, of, of, of the economy. So there'll be this moment where the, the, this, this global leader rising out of Europe will demand loyalty, allegiance. And then in order to buy and sell, in order to, to get food, to in, in, engage in the marketplace, you'll have to take this mark. If you refuse it, at first, well, it's just you're ostracized. You can't buy and sell, but that's going to increase in its intensity. As more and more people refuse and the government gets more and more belligerent, there's a line of demarcation that will incur. It'll be take the mark or face a certain death, a beheading. 
Again, in the midst of all of this chaos, this leader is providing stability. But for there to be stability, there has to be loyalty. So if you're a Christian, understand taking the mark of the beast, according to the Bible, is a sealing of one's destiny. So don't do that. But in not doing that, you're in a really difficult place. Now, things get worse at the three and a half year mark. This global leader will go into what's a, a rebuilt temple, which is probably a, a, a part of the initial agreement. He will declare himself to be a god. He will demand worship. He will have an image of himself. Whether that's some type of super AI or some projection, we don't know where I'm speaking. You probably have a lot more clarity of that than I do. But there will be no dithering. You either get in line or you die. And this will lead to an incredible persecution, not just of whether whatever Christians exist, but also the Jewish people. In fact, the Jewish people at this juncture will recognize that this is an evil man. And there will, there will be a revival. In fact, you will probably already notice that during these first three and a half years, there were these two interesting characters you saw in the news that were in Jerusalem proclaiming Jesus. They claimed to be Moses and Elijah. You thought that that might be just craziness or some projection. And then you saw the, this Antichrist, this leader, kill them, slay them. And the world threw a party, according to the scriptures. You read it. And then after the three days, they rose and ascended to heaven. And the world was shocked, but you knew further confirmation of what was already stirring in your heart about the truth. In addition to these two men, there, there were these, these crazy Jewish evangelists that were just kind of all over the globe preaching Christ. In fact, you've probably heard more of the gospel message during these first three and a half years than you had beforehand under the age of the church. The decision has been clear, but it's been left to you. Now, I'm not going to say choosing Jesus makes life easier. It makes life much more difficult. In fact, the chances of you surviving this seven-year period are very slim. If you get through the first three and a half years, the chance of surviving the next three and a half years diminish drastically. Read the book of Revelation, and you'll see what I'm saying. There's a good chance you'll be martyred for your decision to follow Jesus. Now, if you're like, well, well Zach, I, I want my life to be used. I, I, I want to be, I want to influence the king. What do I do? What do I do right now? Okay, there's seven years. The signing of the treaty, three and a half years, is this abomination of desolation. The Antichrist declares himself to be God. I know at the end of this, Jesus comes back. What do I do in the meantime? Well, your life is not your own. You seek to make more Christ followers. You seek to be an example. You seek to be a light. You seek for opportunities of evangelism. Hey, your life is not your own. As Paul would say, to live as Christ, to die as gain, may that be your mantra. Now, in a practical sense, if you're watching this and these things are taking place, um, you should get some food. <laughs> and you should get some fuel. Water. And some water. You should understand that, like, like, you're in an advantage because now you know, you've accepted what's happened, so you know what's coming. And you can prepare. And again, not to prepare to, like, pr prolong your life, but to give you an opportunity to evangelize. With securing a server, starting some podcast, or, or letting the world know. Maybe God is calling you for such a time as this, to be a light. Now, regardless, if possible, 
the best place for you to go, if you're watching this, if you're in Georgia or you're in some place in the States, you're in Europe, wherever you happen to be, the best place for you to go immediately, like don't waste any time, like scratch whatever money you can, whatever belongs you can, go. Go to Petra. Now, Justin, I want to I throw it to you, Spice Daddy. W- what is Petra? Why is that significant? How can you get there? Well, uh, Petra's a city in Jordan. Uh, it's an ancient Edomite city. It is. And the Bible describes uh, prophetically as it, as it being one of the cities of refuge. Right. And it's a it's a really cool city that, that I've never been to, unfortunately. Um, but the entire city is carved in the side of cliffs, essentially. Um, real massive complex it's real hard to get to uh but uh yeah it's described in the bible as a city of refuge and uh it i believe the bible says that the the jews will take refuge there during um, this time during, during this time. The, the second three and a half years correct in fact even today there are christians believing this prophecy that have stockpiled petra with all kinds of perishables and resources for such an event so again, if you find yourself, the raptures happen, you're like, what do I do? If like, f- Get whatever flight you can to Israel. If you can't get to Israel, get someplace. Jordan. Jordan, the Middle East. Right, because I mean, you, I think what you also have to understand is there's not just going to be political unrest, violence, wars, things like that. There's going to be a lot of geological activity. There's going to be a lot of cosmic activity. cosmic activity. A lot of weird stuff is going to be... Demons, on. extraterrestrials, there's all kinds of stuff, right. which is I why, mean, like, read Revelation, it's going to get bad. It, it's going to get bad and weird. And uh, just, But if you have the heads up and you know the game plan, then uh, it gives you a better chance to survive and preach the gospel. And, and again, and I, w- I would even say this, like, like okay, you missed it. I, right now we've been studying, uh, I'm about to, stu- about to teach, I've been studying, about to teach, about Samson. One of the biggest lessons you get from the life of Samson is that we serve a God of second chances. You can completely ruin everything, and at the end, God gives you a second chance. You can see that studying my life as well. And and all of ours, right? Amen. But my point in this context is, okay, you missed it. And you find yourself right now, like, this is not a good place to be. I'm just shitting you straight. Your chances of surviving this is very small, just numerically. That being said, if you give your life to Jesus, please understand that there is so much that God can use your life. Like, like there is a reason and a purpose and a plan. Like, again, Samson's this interesting story where God, like, predestined him for some radical things. And you see his will going in the opposite direction of God's. But what happens in the end? God still supersedes, Right? And like, yes, God willed for you to be in heaven right now, but your will decided not. But that doesn't mean that his will can't reign supreme, that you can't have an impact. Whether that if you can't get to Israel, where you are, hunker down. But if you be a light, be a witness. If your life, if you're martyred for Christ, you're celebrated in heaven. If you can get to Petra, that's the best way to go. It's the only place in which God seems to protect. There seems to be a hedge of protection. And again, at the end of the seven years, you know what happens. Like, God will not prolong this. It will come to an end. There'll be a transition. But just don't lose heart. 
just because you missed the moment doesn't mean that God still can't use you and has a plan for your life. You know what I mean? Anybody got, got some thoughts to this? Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to speculate. It's, it's hard for us to speculate what you're going through right now because we, we can only read and interpret what, what Christian scholars and people have studied for, for thousands of years now. <laughs> and and it, it's, we can only guess what's happening based on what our experiences are now. And what the word of God says, right? What was the, and the word of God yeah. has stood firm for thousands of years. And therefore don't just take what we're saying to heart, pick up a Bible and read it for yourself. Uh, see what we're talking about and, and know that what we're saying is either true or on the right track of being true just from our limited foresight of what will happen. Let me let me add this, and and this is, uh, this is to the person whose kids have disappeared. You know, so so, you're you're devastated right now. Like, your kids have just disappeared, or that baby in your womb disappeared. Your your newborn disappeared, and you're like, what is this? What kind of God is this? What I'm going to say is very difficult, but you'll know this to be true, that you're going to be very glad that your child is not here and that God and his love and his grace took those too young to make a decision and thus too young to face judgment for a decision they couldn't make home to heaven. Because that's really the ultimate, like God did not appoint us to wrath. And the dynamic is, is that there is a certain age in which a child can, can the age of, we call it the age of accountability, that, that they can actually, they have the intellectual, spiritual prowess to be able to make a decision on their own. And for those, again, I believe, too young to make that decision, God is not going to lead them into the judgment of those that could. So your, your child, your, your youngin, um, yeah, they're not here and that breaks your heart, but you're going to come to see, and I promise you that that was an act of God's goodness because they're in heaven and they're whole and they're not going to have to go through what you're about to go through. And I think at some point you're going to be very thankful for that. I know right now you're not, but at some point you will. So that's a particular person that I wanted to speak to. Creighton, you had something you wanted to throw in. Yeah. Um, if I if I'm guessing correctly, and this is a bit of a shot in the dark, it's more of a hypothesis. Okay, Elon Musk is not the Antichrist. No, 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 no. It's not gonna be. It's nothing that weird. It is that if if you actually find yourself the, on the other side of the rapture, and you are looking for like more, you're not gonna find it until the abomination of desolation, if that, or maybe wormwood. Every, every, if you want to see more because you don't, you're not certain, there will be more. All of it will be bad. And all of it will have an explanation outside of God. Correct. You should be aware that, there will, that humans are very good at rationalizing things. And 
as weird as this is to say from a philosophical standpoint, you need to Occam's razor it. Because at some point, you're gonna, it's going to be the only thing that it could be, but people will continue to rationalize it. We're told in Revelation, again, that people will rationalize it literally until the end and will not believe and not believe and not believe until God has to destroy everything. You know, to, to that point, like... And, you know, you, are you I, on no, the same 100%, page? No, Jesus, it was Jesus that said. So there's what's known as the Olivet Discourse, where the disciples are wanting to know about the end of the temple and the end of, uh, the end of things. And Jesus singularly points to one event. Like, it's not the seven seals, it's not the trumpets, it's not the bold judgments. Um, he doesn't even point to the rapture as being, like, the significant event. But what does he point to? Like, the thing you need to know, the thing you should look at, the thing you should... Oh, my goodness, that's... Like, what Jesus pointed to. Matthew chapter 24, 25, 26. He said, the abomination which causes desolation. The abomination of desolation. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet. He said, when you see that, when this man goes into the temple of God and sets himself as God, when he declares himself God, at that point, there is no doubt, no matter what the spin is. This is Jesus 2,000 years ago. Saying, when you see that, you should know. There's no excuse moving forward. So I, I think what Creighton is saying is, 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 is spot on. That being said, if you're waiting... So there's, there's a bit of disconnect within the Christian community. Like, how bad... So we have the Great Tribulation. Seven years of Tribulation. How bad is the first three and a half years versus the second three and a half years? Because we know the second three and a half years is really terrible. But the first three and a half years, how bad is it? It's still Tribulation. It's still a world without the church. It's Tribulation, right? It's Tribulation. Like, like again how much works itself out through there. I'm not sure, but like, again, you've already seen the rapture of the church and the world has tried to spin it one way. And you're like, if you're still like, I don't know, then what Creighton is saying is true. The abomination of desolation should be removed out. I'm speaking because I'm not sure how many people are going to make it to that. Also true. So if you're waiting for that, you might not make it. So why wait? Was the rapture of the church not enough evidence? That, I mean, that that's that's my point, Deal Daddy. I want to I want to get it back to you real quick. Again, you're talking to the person that is in this situation. The world is chaos. What are you saying to them, man? You gotta look to the Lord. You gotta look to the Bible. I mean, He tells you exactly who He is and the way to come to Him. He tells you exactly. You just have to believe. You have to follow Him. Look into His Word. Find a Bible. Find a Bible wherever you are and read it and memorize it and share it with those that are around you. Yeah, you're going to face problems because of this, but this is the way. He is the truth and He is the light. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And your, your fate is not sealed. For sure. Never. Justin, final thoughts before we, we wrap up this portion of the Outlaw Radio Show. And then we get back to the real time and some of the comments of, of those that have been watching. Uh, it's hard to wrap your head around what you're going through. I mean, yeah, I read books and series, a Left Behind series. Did they get it right? I don't know. Mm. 
did other movies and stuff that I've watched about the tribulation and the rapture, do they get it right? I don't know. All I know is you're not in for a good time for at least the next seven years. Um, but people, Christians specifically, have been basically in that same situation since the very beginning. So <laughs> preach the gospel. Don't worry about your own death and carry on. And a beheading is very quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that brashly, but I mean, there's worse ways to die. There are indeed. Uh, Christians have died in worse ways. Um, you know, I, you know, with what you were saying, um, I, yeah, I just, I just want to, I, I want to, I guess maybe give some hope a little bit like as bad as things are, please know how it, how it actually ends. And it gets worse and it gets worse. And it gets really worse. And if you get to that point, if you get all the way to the end of it, <laughs> well, then what? Well, you are going to see the most amazing thing. You're going to see heaven open and you're going to see Jesus coming through the sky on a horse, riding a white stallion. And I'm going to be there. And behind him is, is Justin on an oversized horse. That's, uh, hey, listen. And Creighton is on a small horse. <laughs> and you got Derek and me on normal horses. Man, I don't know what my heavenly body is going to be like. Yeah. How do you know my new yeah. body's not going to be? It's going to be exactly what, than my. This it's going to be what you, you're yeah. fearfully and wonderfully made. So I want my yeah. heavenly body to look exactly like this. I'm perfect. Y'all are weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, you're gonna like the way that it, like it's bad as it is, and we'll get. It ends with Jesus. Returning, the second coming of Christ. Kicking butt, not even really taking names. And establishing a kingdom for a thousand years. And if you make it, if you live, if you live right now, if I'm talking to you, if you make it to the end, you're going to enter that kingdom. Like your life continues into that kingdom. Like the darkest moment will give its way to the most incredible light. Now, if you make it there, great. You get to live in that. If you don't, great. You get to live in that glory. So as you navigate what you've got to navigate, do you want to live in the millennial kingdom in your flesh? Or would you rather live in the millennial kingdom in glory? And if you make it to the millennial kingdom, uh, email popecrayton at gmail.com. <laughs> Let us know what, what you've been up to. We'll Truth. check up and we'll meet up, do an uh, our, our, outlaw radio uh, post-trib millennial reign <laughs> episode. We'll get Jesus on as a guest. We'll get Jesus yes. on as a guest. Yes, absolutely. Or the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I'm kind of... Maybe all three. I would Maybe love, all, three. I would, all three. Okay, yes. So I've got a thing. Final thought, and then and then um, we're going to roll out. Don't don't leave. Yeah, don't leave. Because we're going to wrap up the show we're and on talk me now. about this. Don't leave. We're going to go in. Um, back in the future, whatever. We're in like this like man in a high castle. I know. It's very strange. I want to, you know, back to the Christian, new Christian post-rapture. I'm going to start praying for you. I often pray for the rapture because that's the end of things. And that sounds fantastic for me. It 
hasn't occurred to me as much as praying for the rapture has to pray for the Christian in the tribulation. You're officially on my list because of this exercise or I had not thought of, I didn't, it, I don't know. It got weird for me. I'm not going to lie. I feel very strongly now about the Christian in the rapture, Christian Astro rapture. Like there are brothers and sisters the same way that you guys are. Let me, let me give you, let me give you a wrinkle to that. All right. What about all of those people, people we know that think they're Christians, but aren't also who who have gone to a seeker friendly church that doesn't preach the truth. And it's some social justice nonsense. And they think that they're good, but they're not. And then they find themselves in a terrible place because they pick bad teachers Mm. and they feel betrayed and they feel hurt. And they're, they're, they're wandering. Like they're, they're spun out. You know what I mean? Those are the people that like, man, I don't know if those are the people that make it. I think it might even be like the hardened atheist. that's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm now a believer. They're the ones that have a better chance than the person that's like, I just been lied to by the person I trusted that's now spending this nonsense. Man. You, you make the, a solid point. Church of Laodicea is destructive. Agreed. You know? Any final thoughts, fellas? And then, and then again, don't go anywhere. We're going to roll out like we would. I'm going to close this, this episode. But then we're going to stay, stay put. So any final thoughts? I'm good. All right, I'm rolling some music. Thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. If you watched it, maybe there's a podcast <laughs> on tomorrow. Maybe there's such a thing as Google, Apple, Spotify. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, check it out. Um, it's there somewhere, buried deep. If you're listening, maybe you can find the video. It's on YouTube, if that's a thing. If that's still on the internet. If the internet's still a thing. Either way, if you are watching this, Jesus loves you. You're in a tight spot, and that's your fault. But that's not the end. It's okay. Like, death is not the end of anything. But the beginning of something much more glorious. You have eternity. On earth, you have the most seven years, but in heaven, you have eternity. Make your decisions wisely. So, <laughs> post uh, post rapture episode. Let's get to comments on all right online because I'm sure there were a couple. We've got a few. Um, First, but while you're while you're getting geared up, deal dad. Okay, I'm already geared up. Okay, I'm, this I'm is the second to deal time this episode that you have cut me off in I'm the middle of you. being my. Listen, it wouldn't be an outlaw off. radio episode if we didn't cut you off. I'm trying to work in deal daddy Derek, man. He's not with us all the time. I just, before you let him answer. What was your thoughts, man, on the show? Um, I thought, I mean, just like in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know. Well, Thanks, yeah, man. I went all through that to get it to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I was like, why are you giving it to me? I don't have nothing well, for you. Well, it's because of your flow, man. You put some shampoo in that, in that mane. I and did. it's I washed it today to and, get it and cut. And look at that. Me. I mean, switch over, Creighton. I mean, he's got he's got a flow going now. I pulled a muscle in my neck. <laughs> why did I even do it? Earlier, yeah. Doing? My All right, let's be Creighton is Creighton's whining. <laughs> because I keep getting cut off. All right. Nice mint julep 316 shirt. Thank you. I'm a big fan of it. Um, First comment we had in this episode was from our friend Karen. I want to say hi to Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello, Karen. Um, And her question was, will the children be raptured with us? Which I think you answered very well. 
uh, during the episode. The children. I thought you yes. said the chosen. No. The <laughs> I misread chosen. that. Will the chosen be raptured with us? And I'm like, um, who are they? Like the, the children. Yeah, yeah, those that like it out already. Right. No. The chosen. The children. I think you answered that very well during the episode. 14,400. Um, the second was from my mother, and I am getting clarification on the question currently. So okay. it will come up later. Um, and the third is from Jennifer Abbott. I really shouldn't do last names. I apologize, Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer Abbott. Yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, and she asked, what happens slash happened to those unbelievers who have already died? Will they get a second chance to come to the Lord during the rapture? Meaning they died prior to the rapture. Yeah. And no. And no, there's an easy go. answer for that. And the answer is no. So... <laughs> Um, the Bible teaches that if you die without having faith in Jesus, it, whether it's before the crucifixion or after, or the resurrection, before or after, um, dying without faith in the Lord or the promise of a Savior places you in a holding, a holding place called Hades. So like today, if you die not believing in Jesus, you go to the same place that people have, have gone to forever, and that is Hades. That is not hell. Like when someone says, hey, go to hell, be like, um, actually, uh, that's not theologically correct. No one can really go to hell right now. Hell was created for the angels and the demons. They're not even there right now. They're in the abuso, the bottomless pit. Third category, but, you know, bloviating. No one, same thing. No one can go to hell right now, but you do go to Hades. And Hades is the place that all those who die without faith in Jesus go to await what's known as the great white throne judgment. And that happens at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, um, where Jesus takes those in Hades and he judges them based upon, A, whether or not they accepted him, and B, their works, and then they're judged according. So, so if you die rejecting Jesus, there's not another opportunity after that. We were told, again, Paul, again, 1 Thessalonians 4, those who have died in Christ, so the context is not just those who have died, but those who have died in Christ, which means that they've died with, and again, it's not Jesus Christ, it's in Christ, the, 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 the promise of a Savior, God providing a Savior. Those who have died in Christ, whether it's those who have died actually believing in Jesus or those dying in the promise of Jesus, they, they rise first because they have been... They believed in faith, and their faith has been accounted to them for righteousness. Those who have not died in faith and, or in Christ do not rise at the rapture. They remain in Hades for the great white throne judgment, which is still many millennial ahead. That get to it, I think? Yeah, I think it was good. All right. I have a clarification on my mother's question. Oh, great. Ms. Rico. My mother's question was, what do you think of the gap theory? I had to Google that. Well, the gap theory has the Be gap theory is Genesis. I know the gap theory very well. Okay, so I Genesis had to, I had to Google two. the gap theory. There is one, and then I had there. to ask my mother about it because I I've heard of the gap theory. I haven't spent much time on it. Heard of it? Apparently, there is a corollary to the gap theory, which then adds a gap between hold the rapture and the signing of the covenant. That's, I would assume, is longer than the three and a half years. Okay. So she wants to know what you think of, of the gap theory, both in Genesis and 
in Revelation if there would be a gap in between those two. Okay, so similar so to the, the way there so, is at yeah, the beginning yeah. of time. So the Genesis gap theory we're going to completely set aside. It's not relevant for this conversation. That could be another episode, Miss Rico. Your son is the producer of the show. Uh, you can submit a question and and he can craft it on his own. Um, you have some power here. That's what Pope, I'm saying. PopeCrayton at gmail.com. <laughs> PopeCrayton at gmail.com. Um, which is funny to actually find people that call him Pope Creighton. Like, it's organically. So weird. Organically. <laughs> um, that being said, so a gap, like, again, without knowing and reading about the particulars of it, uh, understand, so prophetically, we have the, abo- we, we have, uh, the second coming of Jesus, the abomination of desolation, and the beginning of Daniel's 70th week, which is the signing of a false covenant between the Antichrist and Israel for seven years. So at that signing begins the tribulational period of which we have the abomination clearly defined, three and a half years, and then the second coming of Jesus at the end of the seven years. The rapture of the church is, 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 is imminent, meaning it's not predicated or connected to anything, really. Now, prophetically, we could see and we can logically assert how the rapture of the church, um, the, the, the war of Gog and Magog with Israel, as well as the, the creation and formation of the temple, three things that in Old Testament prophecy we haven't seen manifest. Those are the three. We could see how those would correlate very closely within the concept of like this rapture of the church, how it could all intertwine and fit together. But again, that's a pure speculation and that's us just trying to use some reason and logic to tie it all together. Is it possible again? And Creighton uh, aptly said in the intro, like, like there's really nothing stopping the rapture of the church from happening. And then there being a thousand years before the antichrist signs a false treaty with the antichrist with, with, with Israel that said is within the scope of the prophetic timeline, I think that creates more problems than provides solutions and doesn't seem necessary. Again, I'm not a dispensationalist. At the same time, again, with Daniel's prophecies, there seems to be a completion. Jesus says the times of the Gentiles or the church age comes to an end. The Holy Spirit's removed the son of, like what's withholding the son of perdition. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It seems as though that the rapture, the, the, the removing of the spirit, the presentation of the Antichrist, what, what's been restraining, seems as though, again, prophetically, all those things seem to happen very quickly. Um, it's hard to say particularly. Let me, let me add one wrinkle to that, um, and, and I'll, I'll flip there. So one of the things that has provided a lot of complication, Revelation opens the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel and his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus to the things he saw. Blessed he reads, blah, blah, blah. The things which shortly take place. That's the, the, in the Greek, like, so in English, shortly means soon, which has provided this complication because people are like, well, it's been 2,000 years. Clearly, this can't be literal. But it's in taxi, the word shortly, in taxi. It doesn't imply, like, soon in chronology, what it implies is that it's soon in the way that it happens. That once these things begin, they happen quickly. It's not that they're going to happen soon, but that when they happen, they happen rapidly. Um, and, and I've used this analogy in my, my, my study through the book of Revelation. 
is that prophetically, you know, you, you know, you're looking at end times affairs. And so like through the first thousand years of the church, you see like one sign, one thing maybe pop up, not much. And then the next thousand years, you see like one or two, three, four, five things. But like over the last 50 years, like with the formation of Israel, boom, sign. And then they just, they start happening with frequency and intensity. That's what the word in taxi means. It's like to, to rev up the RPMs. So that it's like, like birth pains, birth pains. It's like they start cl- slow and then they start and aggressive Jesus, and they and, get aggressive. And Jesus describes it as birth pains that they start slow, but you know, you're closer when they're intensifying and shorter. It's like if you, if you leave Portland and you're heading to San Diego, I mean, it's, it's a good five, six, 700 miles until you get any sign that you're even going the right direction to San Diego. You're going I five. And then you see one sign, but then it's not another couple of hundred miles until you see another sign. But the closer you get to San Diego, what happens? You leave LA, boom, it's like every mile marker. You're getting signs. You're getting signs on top of signs. San Diego Zoo, San Diego Airport. You're getting signs everywhere. So that why, and again, I've always said, like when people say we're closer than any other generation to the rapture, of course we are because we're like another day. Guess what? We're closer now. Like that's <laughs> the, the, the nature of time. But we are closer in the context of intaxi because do we see things rapidly happening? Sure. Do I think the COVID pandemic was had anything to do with the mark of the beast? No. Do I think the vaccine had anything to do with the mark of the beast? No. Do I think it's a trial run? And can we even look at it as Christians and be like, oh man, like I can see how like the global powers to be can use a crisis and an emergency, a global emergency to like get people to like negate their freedoms in the, in the guise of security and safety, man, it's, 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 it was a revelatory thing for me. Like so many things in revelation that you're like, man, I just, I, I believe that that can happen. I just don't see how that can through the pandemic. You're like, Oh, I could totally extract a scenario now. Right. Also don't forget our enemy is, thousands of years old and intelligent like his his timeline is long could this could the covid literally have been a trial run by satan sure could have yeah or to figure a few things out let me on his let side. me throw out something weird oh great this is my <laughs> daddy's <laughs> all right forte. so hear me out now the enemy is intelligent it's been around for a long time he knows god's word he knows the definitions of raptura and being caught up, stuff like that. Could the increase in UFO sightings and stuff like that be a... A psychop? Uh, yeah, a, basically a something, a preparation to give the excuse of it not being the rapture of the church and it being an alien thing. Yeah, you said it earlier, too, about, like, we'll go to great lengths to justify things. Yes. So when things are being explained to us in ways that are like, yeah, this is really weird, but here's what this probably is, or here's right. what it could be. you see in Hollywood movies, yeah. stuff like that, people just being caught up and, and stuff like that. And that would be a very e- – that would be a much easier explanation than than the CERN uh, – the CERN super collider, super collider. – 
uh, opening up a, a gateway to another dimension and people getting sucked in, but aliens coming from other planets. Catch me up, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, so, so but here, here's, here's the other angle to that. And I think this is something that we have learned. I, I haven't read it, but a friend of mine was talking to me about a book they read about just like what, like big things that we can learn from the way that society at large kind of even cross culturally, like handled the pandemic as it's the, I think it's with the six, the, the 20, 60, 20 model. And that you have like 20% of the population that will believe whatever they're told. Be that they trust the government. Like whatever the government says, no matter what, they're going to believe it. Um, no matter what. Like they're just going to believe it. And then you have another 20% on the other end that will not believe anything the government says. Like they're like they're two ends of the extreme, and you find them on X or Twitter. Like they are, the two ends of the spectrum. Like one group will twenty percent will believe whatever the government says blindly. Twenty percent won't believe whatever the government says also blindly. Blindly, like like so forty percent, just gone. What's interesting though, is that the middle sixty percent, because there's this polarization on the end. We'll just go along with whatever the government says because they just, they don't want the conflict. They don't want to be seen as weirdos. They just don't want conflict. They just don't want conflict, period. They just, they would rather just go with whatever the government's saying. They don't have to believe it. They don't have to reject it. They just don't care. They just are going to blindly be followed. And, 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 you know, when you, when you look at that and you're like, I'm extrapolating, like, how do you rationalize the rapture? Understand, there's 20% that will completely reject any notion of it and believe whatever the government says. The 20% that reject it are gone. There's no contrary voice left. So, you, like, from our vantage point, you're like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, how would no one, like, second-guess it? But we have data to show that, like, though, like, the majority, 60% will just go with the narrative because they don't, they don't have the fight in them. They will just go to the slaughter. There's 20% that run to it, but there's 60% that just roll with it because there's no fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 20% that would be like, ah, you see, they're gone. So, you know, whatever. I'm just saying that, like, I think extrapolating out how this all plays out, man, gain a lot. Like, our ability as a society to suspend our own freedoms and bestow power, untethered power to people is crazy. So, well, we are, uh, man, we're over. Yes. So we're going to wrap it up. I know Spice Daddy's swimming over there. He's not the only one. Yeah, no, same here. Um, any, any other comments online? No, that's all we got so far. Oh, we had some, we had some comments. My mother and, uh, Jennifer also added some other things. Um, like my mom at the end of the, I should put myself on the screen instead of you. When you were talking about seeker friendly converts during the rapture, yeah, she's yeah. described them as prodigals, which I think is probably pretty correct. Somewhat correct. Maybe. Depends on the seeker friendly person. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Also, prodigals would be in that list. Yeah, they're like, oh no, I came home and no one's here. Oh no. I grew up in the church. And now my family 
and my childhood friends are all gone. Let, let me, let me, listen, let me, let me say, I think, I really do believe, I really do believe that the Bible describes, I think maybe the greatest revival in human history occurring through the tribulational period. People, people want to like, like we want to view that the tribulational period is, is just a descent into to degradation and wickedness. Um, I think that is of the powerful. I think another thing we saw with COVID is that the masses have no control. Mm. And I, I think you could see a, a huge percentage of the global population give their life to Jesus and die as a result because they, they don't have the guns. Mm. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, we look at the tribulational period as the judgment of the wicked, which, which it is. But, but I also think that you could make the argument that it is, it is the greatest revival in human history. Well, that'll be such an event to have happen too. The Lord tells us initially to walk by faith and not by sight. Then after seeing something like that actually happen, like, how could you not? You, you just have to blatantly choose to find an answer of yourself. Let your pride eat you alive or whatever. Well, and, and to like, that point, to that point, we'll wrap it up with this. Like, um, there was a huge group of people that rejected Jesus when he was alive and performing miracles. Mm-hmm. And he rose from the dead and they still covered it up. So there's no limitation to the depravity yeah, you're right. <laughs> of humanity. And, and it's like, if you're rejecting God, you'll, you'll go to great lengths to do it no matter what the evidence is. So um, anyway, great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, one programming note. So next week, um, fall break uh, for my kids. So we're going to be going out of town. We're going to have a special episode of the Outlaw Radio Show on Tuesday next week. So this is going to happen Tuesday of next week. Um, with the podcast release on Thursday, uh, on Wednesday, not, not Thursday. So live stream Tuesday night at eight. We're going to try this out Tuesday night at eight podcast release on Wednesday. So we're going to break next week. We'd rather have it than not, but family first. I'm going to went out of town. So God bless. Have a wonderful week. See you next Tuesday. Eight.